Welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. This podcast is an audio journal of my guests and I's adventures throughout the live and local music biz. Fun conversations, cool tunes, and good times will be had. My name is Mark Sterry, and I'm a 15-plus-year veteran of the Twin Cities, Minnesota metro music scene. Check me out at Mark Sterry, that's S-T-A-R-Y, music.net. Also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All of my original music is available for download on iTunes, CD Baby, etc. This podcast drops every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. If you enjoy it, please subscribe on iTunes. It's totally free and guarantees you'll never miss an episode. If you've got an extra buck or two that you wouldn't mind tossing in the podcast tip jar, please visit patreon.com forward slash Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Also consider helping get the word out in the street via social media, five-star rating and review on iTunes, word of mouth, etc. Happy thought of the day is by Oprah Winfrey. Cheers to a new year and another chance for us to get it right. Thanks for tuning in and welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Enjoy! Welcome back to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast, episode 116. Thanks to all the folks who contribute to this podcast on Patreon.com. Happy New Year, everyone. I kicked off my January 1st with frozen sink pipes, pilot lights out, negative 14 degree temperature, etc. 2018, I hope this is a rib. Last week's Geeks Wrap Up. Tuesday. Brian Johnson and myself jammed at Lucky's 13 in Plymouth, Minnesota. Regular Stu was dressed like a Russian Cossack, and everyone thought it was really funny. Wednesday, I played a solo show at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota. Joe and Deb swung on out to hear me play a preview of the songs chosen for their daughter's wedding. Thursday, Brian K. Johnson and myself rocked out at Lucky's 13 in Roseville, Minnesota. Fun times rocking out, then grazing on some nachos and sipping on square hammers with Allie, Dustin, Jeff, and Rachel. Friday, I played a show at Danny's in Stillwater, Minnesota. Huge wedding party there requesting songs, and I realized I still don't have nearly enough Springsteen in my set. Saturday, I played the Capistrant Wedding in Eden Prairie, Minnesota. Thanks to Kyle and Warren for helping out with the gear transition duties. Hallelujah by Leonard Cohen, which I learned for the wedding, has been going over very well at all my shows. Sunday, Brian Johnson and myself rocked New Year's Eve at Pier 500 in Hudson, Wisconsin. Sean, Sandy, Marilyn, John, Dave, Doreen, along with their crew, really made our night by jamming with us to usher in 2018. Upcoming shows. Wednesday, January 3rd, 2018, I'll be playing a solo show at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota from 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. Thursday, January 4th, Brian Johnson and myself will be jamming at Lucky's 13 in Burnsville, Minnesota from 4 to 7 p.m. Friday, January 5th, I'll be playing a solo show at Ingredients in White Bear Lake, Minnesota from 6 to 8.30 p.m. Saturday, January 6th, Mr. Brian Keith Johnson and myself will be loading up the old Mazda, heading up to Commander Bar in Breezy Point, Minnesota to rock out at JJ's Pub from 5 to 9 p.m. Guest this week is part one of the best of the Mark Sterry Music Podcast, featuring highlights with previous guests Brian Layton from episode 16, Chris Hockey from episode 53, and Tim Mahoney from episode 82. Enjoy the conversation. 
or subject matter, etc., changed since like 1994 is one time, one life. Um, do you still approach it the same way? Do you experiment with different styles of songwriting? Um, how does your process go? You know, I, I was having a conversation with, with, uh, some guys in my band on a road trip we were taking about this. And, uh, I, you know, I was like, why can't a guy, um, put an album out that has a little bit of everything on it, you know, seriously, because honestly, everybody out there likes a little bit of everything. I love a little bit of everything. I love a little bit of rock and roll. I love a little bit of country. I love a little bit of, of slow songs. You know, I love a little bit of whatever honky tonk or, you know, whatever it is, you know, it's like, why not? Why can't a band do a little bit of everything? And I said, I've got the, these songs, and they're so different from each other. But I said, what's the problem if you put all these on one and just go, this is a band that will give you every kind of music that you want to hear every night. Yeah, man. You want a little country? We'll give you a little country. You want a little rock and roll? We'll play a little ACDC for you, whatever. You know, I mean, we'll do that stuff and that style of rock and roll or whatever, you know? So, What made you guys decide to do the Highway to Hell cover? Bruce. <laughs> I mean, I, everything, everything leads back to Bruce. You he can, covers Highway to Hell? He did, yes. What? Yes. I was wondering, I saw that on YouTube or Facebook. I was wondering why you guys were covering that. Yeah, man. yeah. Sounds cool, Bon Scott, man. Yeah. I, I, okay, I got to say, I love Bruce Springsteen. I really do. And and he he does find ways to do things, but I sing the shit out of that thing. <laughs> um, what keeps you motivated to write songs. It's, it's 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 sitting down on my couch watching TV. I cry at movies. I cry at TV. I cry at feelings. I cry at uh, everything, you know? It's it's these emotions that go through me. And I often wonder why I have these strong emotions that go through me and, and that make me want to write this stuff out to and and make that into a song or in, into poetry or, or whatever, something like that, some sort of emotion like that. Um, I, you know, I don't know. It's, I, I always, uh, I've quoted this before, but it's, uh, you know, journey. We all need the clowns to make us smile. We need those people out there, you know? And I think I've accepted that in my life. I'm one of those people. I'm one of those people that, when I, I write stuff to make people feel good and I I change people's um I change people's feelings about things and emotions about things and it it's special and it it, it it's I don't take it for granted at all. At mm-hmm. all. But I've realized that I have done that in my life. And people have told me that I've done that, you know? And so for some reason there's like a line between me and whatever's up there, whatever God you believe in, there's a line between me and him and you. That's kind of how I feel. Like I'm getting this stuff to write and I'm getting this stuff to, to spread. And these people are picking up on it. And, and that's what keeps me driving, you know. It's nice. like I got to keep doing that. That's great. Um, so obviously one of your main influences is Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. Um, Mellencamp, I believe, as well. Yeah. So what are some other influences that might surprise some of your fans? Dr. Um, Dre? 
<laughs> yeah, no, yeah, James Brown, uh, yeah, everything by Miles Davis. No, uh, you know, what's something about your car that might? Okay, Bodines. Bodines are one of the earliest that go. I that I you know uh, that I heard. Uh, my cousin played for me. The 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 suburbs. You know, my cousin played the suburbs for me. The replacements, of course. Um, Danny Wilde, who was half of the Rembrandts. Okay. With Phil Solom. But Danny Wilde had his own album out, and I was a huge, huge, huge Danny Wilde fan. And finally got to meet Phil Solom, and Danny, uh, Phil brought Danny out to a show at Bunkers once. And I'm sitting there going, holy crap, that's Danny Wilde standing there. So I played his one song that I love the most, acoustic at the end of the night, called Time Runs Wild. And you know, you know Phil Solom, right? I know who he is. Okay, well, he's about five foot something. Well, Danny <laughs> Wilde's about five inches shorter than that. He's just a small little guy, but he's just great. I mean, he's just like my idol. And so I played Time Runs Wild, and after the show, we went downstairs, and Danny looked at me, and he goes, that's the best version I've ever heard of that song. And I was just like, oh, my God. Whoa. Yeah, that's cool. But Danny Wilde, huge, huge, huge influence on me. Just his songwriting, his voice, his uh, just, yeah, everything. His words, everything. Um, you know, uh, Don Henley. Um, man, there's just, there's, there's so many. There's so many that I love. Yeah. Man. to see her dancing in a wheat field when ain't nobody watching but the April sky and me kicks off her shoes says the dirt between her toes just feels real that smile on her face as big as it could ever be she Chris Hockey, hey, welcome man. to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Thank you for having me, man. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, thanks for having me up here at Cave Fan Studios here on yeah. Utica Avenue. And I really appreciate you letting me uh, kind of crash your guys' party here at the morning show. And uh, never seen Rosie before at work, and he he was pretty impressive. Yeah. And Ben, and and you're just like the the marionette guy, just running the whole thing. It's pretty cool. Thank you, man. Yeah, I'm glad you were able to see it. It's it's fun because uh, we've been doing the morning show now, and thanks uh, on Thanksgiving, the day after Thanksgiving, uh, it'll be 15 years that wow. we've been doing the morning show, and we're the youngest show on the station, believe it or not. And um, so it, I always enjoy when people come in and see, you know, kind of see what's going on behind the scenes. We have Corey and Sauce, and, uh, and, uh, and I have been together for a very long time now. Sauce is a little younger to the show than Corey and I. Corey started with superstar Mike Morris and I about five months into the original morning show as my intern. And so we've been together for a long time. And I started as just the producer and kind of morphed into being the co-host and the producer with Sauce. And, and now I'd say we have three hosts in the, in the three of us, and then I'm still the producer as well. So there's a lot going on, man. It's fun. How did you get into that producer gig? Um, like that, how would you describe your job for a person like, if, like my grandma's listener or something? What's a producer? Sure. Uh, I handle all um, everything that happens off the air. I handle all of it. I make sure the commercials are there. I handle the bumper music. Um, I make sure that the, the guests are booked. 
I make sure that if the F word is said, it doesn't make it onto the air. Um, I make sure that everybody's in a good mood. I try to anyway. Um, I, I have a diagram of the show. I get here in the morning at about 4 a.m. The show goes on at 5.30. And I read through two newspapers. And a, um, we have a services that we use as well for some comedy and things like that. By the time Corey and Sauce get here at 4.30 and 5 respectively, I have a pretty good idea what the main topics of the show are. Um, I don't do anything with the sports. That's all Corey's thing. Uh, the, the humor is mostly off the cuff with meat sauce. I'm the, uh, the nuts and bolts, the bones of the show. I, I make sure that they're ready to go. That's what I do. Cool. Uh, just a side question here. Mm-hmm. Um, you as a musician, I am a musician as well. Uh, traveling to shows, you know, sometimes the weather plays an effect. But I've always wondered this about you early morning guys. Yeah. What if it's literally like the end of the world snowstorms and stuff? You can't really call in sick, or what do you guys do? How do you guys get here? Right. Uh, or do the, you live close or something? Or? I, I live 18 minutes from here, exactly 18 minutes, and I know because I've driven that show so many times. Um, Sauce is a little closer. Um, Corey's about the same distance. But every one of us has a truck, and every one of us is going to get here one way or another. You know, it's weird in modern-day radio because we have uh, six stations within this building, and there's only normally one person here in the middle of the night running all six of those radio stations. So if for some reason we couldn't get in, that he'd have to just hit spots and, and run some sort of uh, best of programming or something like that. We have best of labeled in the system, so he could just hit play if he had to. But I will make it here. <laughs> I, I will make sure I make it here. You know, I uh, again, I outside of being sick, I've not missed a day because of weather or anything like that. I got a big wow. old Ram truck, and it's going to get me here one way or another. Any exciting adventures trying to get here in the morning? Oh, man. You know, yeah, it's funny you ask that because one of the, the craziest stories of my life, life happened on the way to work. I used to be really, really heavy. I mean, really, really heavy. And um, Like how heavy? Like uh, 50 pounds more than I sit here right now. Fi- 53 pounds more than I, I, I am sitting across from me right now. So Wow. Yeah, really, really bad. And um, uh, the reason I bring it up is because one of the reasons I was heavy is because my morning ritual was stopping at Perkins on the way in, getting an, an uh, omelet to bring to work with me every morning. And I stopped at the Perkins in Maple Grove right off of Hemlock one day. I got out of the car, went in and got my order. I was on my way out and I heard somebody scream and I turned around. There was a guy attacking a girl in the parking lot at the Perkins. And um, this is, you know, 345 in the morning. So I, you know, I screamed and, and uh, dropped my omelet and ran across the parking lot to get him. And by the time I got there, he had pulled a knife out of his pocket and chased me across the parking lot into the Perkins, through the kitchen of the Perkins. Craziest thing of all is that as I was running through, I was screaming because I was scared to death. You know, it's one thing to think you're tough. It's another thing to really have somebody chasing you with a knife, you know. As I was running through the kitchen of the Perkins, the chef guy, the guy cooking, whatever you would call him back there, handed me a butcher knife as I ran by. So I came out of the kitchen, and the guy was waiting on me, and he had his knife, and I had my knife, and we were separated by the the counter. And he jumped up on the counter. He's like, all right, let's do this. And by the grace of God, the cops got there quickly enough that he saw them coming into the parking lot. He jumped off the counter and ran out. So that happened on my way to work one morning. <laughs> True story. Yeah. yeah, that sounds like a chapter out of like a memoir book or something. Memoirs of being a morning radio show producer. Yeah, yeah, that was the, that. I mean, I've had I have stories, but that's the number one that comes to mind for good reason. He ended up he ended up doing some time, um, and he's and of all things, man. One morning, I told that story on the air. A couple few years later, and I got an email from the guy. 
said, uh, I just happened to be listening to the radio. I didn't know it was you. I had no idea who my, you know, who the victim was. I'd never known who it was. And he said, I've changed my life and I'm super sorry I did that to you. Wow. Yeah. I never responded. I, 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 I'm still freaked out by it all these years later, which tells you how big of a P word I am. But um, I, I thought it was nice of him that he reached out to me. Yeah. You might not want to keep that friendship going. No, no, I didn't want. I did, yeah, we're not Facebook friends. I don't think. Well, maybe I don't know. Yeah, right, you yeah. don't. Probably not going to invite him into the studio probably, anytime soon. No, probably not. So I'd like to ask you about, for the end of this podcast a little bit, about this work you did with the guy from Boston, uh, Barry Goodrow. Yep. And the song Right By My Side. Yep. about uh, Brad Delp of Boston. Yep. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Deal? Yeah, I, through a guy named Mike Woodley, um, uh, with a charity um, events that he puts on, um, he'll bring in kind of these rock guys, uh, you know, from older bands like Foreigner, um, I'm thinking Santana, and he brought in Barry Goodrow one time, and he actually asked me to open up but then it ended up, they asked me to sing like six songs, Boston songs. And of course, that's tough right there. Uh, Brad Delp, an amazing singer. We actually had to drop it a full step. But it was very surreal because my brother, I was on a little on the young side, but my brother playing Boston records and growing up. I just met Barry and we kind of hit it off because I really asked a lot about Brad Delp. Brad Delp committed suicide in 2008. And... Um, we just hit it off, so I got his info, which again was kind of surreal. I remember getting the first seed valve, going, this is a guy from Boston, I don't know. I, and I kind of nurtured it for a year, and I just right away said, hey, let's write a song. And I did come up with a title right away, like kind of like Brad was always right by Barry. And Barry is Brad's brother-in-law. And basically through nurturing, um, we recorded the song. Um, he did all the guitars. And we've just been working at the past two months to radio across the country. Um, I'm not going to say it's like a top ten hit, but we've done a lot of big radio morning shows. Um, all the proceeds going to the Brad Delp Foundation. And um, it's a total homage. When you hear the beginning, it sounds like Boston, but then it kicks in with Mahoney's high voice. Um, and uh, it's got, you know, some... Uh, some essence of some other 80s, you know, kind of rock songs, but 
it's I think it's got a, it's a pretty punchy mix and it's a catchy song, but most importantly, it's remembering Brad and uh, it's it, it's just been a cool experience, kind of like another feather or another part of my career. Like that's just really cool to say. You know, I did yeah. a song with a guy from Boston and uh, I'm proud of it. It's on iTunes. And, Is uh, it under your name on iTunes, or yep. how do folks get a hold of it? Yeah, it's Tim Mahoney featuring Barry Goodrow. And uh, where'd you record it at? Uh, River Rock Studios with a guy named Eric Blomquist. Um, uh, and Barry did a lot of his guitar parts. Of course, ironically, he lives in Boston, <laughs> which is sort of funny. People are like, "Where does he live?" I'm like, "Toy in Boston." But. Uh, <laughs> Again, just another really cool thing that I was able to be a part of. Oh, that's awesome, man. Yep. Hey, Tim, we're winding down a part one of the podcast. You might stick it around for another part or two, whatever. Yep, sure. Let's asking? do it. Okay, so every, every episode, I do a story behind the song segment. Gotcha. And so I got, so if we do end up doing two or three episodes, I got uh, some ones I want to ask you about. So what's this? Okay, take your 1995 record live, Tim Mahoney Live, the song Talk to Me. What's well, that's the, so that, that wasn't the live. 95 was the first studio record, which had Talk to Me originally on it. Okay, that's what and it was. And then Talk to Me came out the live version in 97 but that's 97. one that ended up more popular it was like on the radio a lot and stuff on the um, city's 97 sampler wasn't and it a sampler yep exactly so what's the story behind that song uh no question i wrote the lyrics from a movie called reality bites and it's a scene in the movie with ethan hawk and winona ryder and it's it started stemmed from the character um, Ethan Hawke says, "All I need is a pack of smokes and a few bucks, and I'm good." And basically, that's really how the story stemmed from there. Is, is I changed it into "All I really need is, you know, the the simple things and just conversation." Really, that's kind of how it happened. How long did it take? Because that's a huge song, a quintessential Tim Mahoney song. How long did that song take to catch on as big as it did? Well, well the, sol- the first solo record, Cities, I remember did like a feature on it, but really not until the live record. The live version, um, Cities started playing it, and then KQ started playing it, and then it was on a city sampler, um, and then other markets in the country started playing it. And it was the reason, I think, is if you listen to the live version, it's just got a lot of energy. Tons of energy. The, the, under- the ironic thing, though, is it is pretty long. It's about a seven-minute, six-minute song, which is pretty odd for radio. But um, where was it recorded live at? Well, that's an interesting part. Um, we, our the live record was something we said, let's do for the fans. Let's buy some booze. <laughs> let's invite only about 150 people into the studio. Have live house speakers, but be recording it. And we did two sets identical. Well, the joke was is that everybody just got shit canned. I mean, literally jacked. (laughs) And if you get to the part in the song where all the crowd says $5, okay, the truth is that's not really from that show. Because from that, that's actually from a caboose show that we bounced in there because (laughs) people were so jacked. The real version was like this. All I really need... We're like, we can't use that. And, and I remember, you got to remember, this is before Pro Tools, you know, as much cutting and, t- you know, so we had to work on 
taking from a totally different show and putting in this big crowd. And if you listen close, you can hear that it doesn't quite fit because, yeah, so... That is a spectacular story. Yeah. I had no idea. But you'll hear it, believe me, because you can tell the crowd is clapping, and it sounds like about 150 people, but when it gets to $5, it sounds like about 1,000 people, which it is. And... Um, yeah, it's pretty funny to this day. I just remember us listening back to tapes for like, I mean, remember people being so jacked, like we had jugs of wine and they were just carrying them around. And and, and this was, you know, maybe let's say the quintessential, you said Tim Moe back then, it was, you know, you, you were a party band and, and you, everybody had fun. And uh, we were trying to make a serious live record, but there's nothing really that serious about it, you know. Um, that's why we did the two sets identical, right? So we'd have at least two to pick from. Wow. So that is a spectacular story. Dude. Yeah. Thanks for tuning into this week's edition of the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Hope you've enjoyed the program. We'll see you back here for new podcasts about life and times in the live and local music scene each and every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. This is a listener-supported podcast, so if you'd like to get on board, please visit patreon.com forward slash Mark Sterry Music Podcast. If you enjoyed some of the musical edits in the show, please head on over to your local record store or do some digging on iTunes and load up on some new songs. Also, if you get a chance, please go check out some live music somewhere it could be a great and worthwhile experience. Life is short. Go have some fun. Till next time. A lead foot on life is how I roll. 70 and a 45 down a sweeping road. Heartbreak to happiness with no in between. I'd rather be a crazy fool than a boy. Boulevards and back avenues, ice covered freeways and tropical latitudes, side splitting laughter to tears like a storm, soaking in the world while my body's up and warm. Saddle up, hold on tight, we're going riding down my white knuckle line. Buckle up, enjoy the Crazy fool than a boring dull machine. Sad.